God. I boldly declare. And we thank you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today we're in our second part of our annual review and preview where we take the time every year to update our church on how we did in the previous year and then we turn around and give them vision for the current year. And so last Sunday we took the time to go over some accomplishments as well as a financial overview for 2011. And so if you're listening to us via podcast, the reason we didn't publish that, it was kind of kind of an in-house business meeting that we had in our church. Now, today's message and the purpose of it is to inspire you with vision. Everybody say vision. vision. To inspire you with vision and direction that I believe in and know in my heart that God's going to use to move Word of Truth Family Church forward in 2012. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write down, get with the vision. Come on, everybody, say that with me. Say, get, get with vision. the vision. Now, look at the person next to you and just look at them and say, you need to get with the vision. Now, look at the other person on the other side. Just point at them and say, you need to get with the vision. Now, I want you to find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. And then I want you to find Acts chapter 16, verse 9. That was Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. And then Acts chapter 16, verse 9. Now, here's the first major point that I want you to write down as you're taking notes that I believe can change a person's life when it comes to their perception about the kingdom of God. And here's the first thing is that God gives vision. Say this with me. Say God gives vision. Amen. And vision comes from God and he gives the vision to a committed person. In other words, God doesn't give vision to someone who's wishy-washy. He gives vision to a committed person. And vision is so important that God's word says that a person or people perish because of without a vision. And so let me just give you some biblical examples of people that God used or an appointed person that God used to get his will done. First of all, he used Adam. And he used Adam to start the human race. He used Noah to rescue the future of mankind by building a ship. He used Moses to rescue his people from the bondage of slavery. He used Joshua to lead God's people into the promised land. He used Esther to help deliver the people from the hands of an enemy that would annihilate that whole era of people. He used Jesus Christ to save the world from the bondage of sin. Well, guess what? He wants to use Word of Truth Family Church to reach as many people for Jesus Christ as possible. Amen. Amen. And so in Habakkuk chapter 2, if you look in verse 1, I want you to pay very close attention to what God says through this verse. He says, I will stand upon my watch, is what Habakkuk said, and I will set, and set upon me the tower. And I will watch, listen now, to see what he will say to me. Notice he did not say, I will watch to see what he shows me. He says, I will watch to see what he says to me, which says that vision or when God speaks, it creates vision. Amen. And what I shall answer when I'm reproved, verse the next verse or the same verse, it says, and the Lord answered me and he said, write the what class? 
write the vision, write what I have said and make it plain upon tables or on paper in our case that he may run that what? Read it for the vision. Watch this now is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it, the vision will surely come. It will not tarry. Anytime God wants his will done, he will speak to an appointed person and provide that person with vision. Everybody say God gives vision. Now go to Acts chapter 16. Go to Acts 16. Here's the second point. After God gives vision, God is going to give people for the vision. Now see, those of you who have been a part of this church uh, five years three years, you should see by now that when God says something to us, it's going to happen because you can see the manifestation of vision right here today. Now, on the way here, God spoke something very startling to me on the way to church this morning. And those of you who have been part of our church since the beginning and those of you who've been a part of our church probably for the last three, the first three to four years, maybe. This is what he said to me this morning. He said a, a lot of the older people who are part of Word of Truth Family Church, they're having a struggle to move forward because they were connected to you when you started the church. He said, but now they need to connect to the vision. Man. Now, listen to what I said. Because I'm talking to some people this morning. I'm talking to those who are part of my core group. I'm talking to those who are part of my leadership. I'm talking to those who've been a part of this church at least four years. Because when we were younger, you were able to snap directly to me. But see, what you don't understand is that vision still allows you to snap to the visionary because the vision came from the visionary. And so at this point now, what you're going to have to do is to snap to the vision because the vision will still connect you to the visionary. Amen. All right, that was just free. That was not on my notes. In Acts chapter 16, are you there? Say, I'm there. Here's the second point. God gives people for the vision. Vision is always given to one for the benefit of many. God gives vision to a committed person. And then he provides that committed person with committed people to help fulfill the vision. In Acts chapter 16, I'm going to show you this principle here in Scripture. It says, and a vision appeared to who, class? Paul. In the night, who did the vision appear to? Paul. Is Paul singular or plural? Singular. He gave a vision to Paul in the night. There stood a man in Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Arlington. And help us. And after he, Pastor Eben, after he, Paul, singular, had seen the vision. What's the next word, class? What is it? Come on, class. Everybody say immediately. They didn't wait. They said immediately we. Now, is we singular or plural? That's plural. It says we endeavored to go into Macedonia. We endeavored to go to Arlington. We endeavored to build Project 360, assuredly gathering that the Lord has called who? He's called who? Come on, class. He's called us to preach the gospel to them. In other words, vision, it it's given to one, but it benefits many. And God's vision became the people's vision. And it wasn't the other way around. 
in Matthew 6, verse 10, just write it down. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In other words, God's vision becomes the people's vision and not the other way around. And the best way to find God's will for your life on earth is to participate in a God-given vision that produces fruit for his kingdom down here on earth. And I find a lot of people, and I'm going to show you a very, very startling thing here. I want you to write this down as a take-home statement. Just write this down. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, I still want you to write it down. Here it is. Kingdom participation activates personal revelation. I'm going to say that again, and then I'm going to give you a story. Kingdom participation. In other words, when you participate in the kingdom of God, when you participate in a vision of God, kingdom participation will activate personal revelation. Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I remember I used to work and sell cars. And if those of you who've sold cars before know that you own the car lot longer than you are at home. And I spent hours, 14, 15 hours a day selling cars. And I'll never forget uh, the church I was at, uh, uh, a member of at the time. Uh, they were in a, uh, like a, almost like a Baptist looking building where they had pews and the whole nine. And I was so tired because the only day I had off was Sunday. But you know what? I knew I was called to ministry. And I said, well, I'm still going to go to church. No matter no, how tired I am, I'm going to church. So I went to church. And uh, I mean, I would be fighting just to stay awake doing church. Not that it was boring, but I was tired. And so finally, I'll never forget, the Lord just prompted me because they would always be asking for help. Can we have people to help here? Can we have people to help here? Can we have people to help here? And the Lord said, Evan, you need to help. I said, well, I'm tired. He said, I don't care how tired you are. You need to activate your participation And then I'm adding this part so you can get some personal revelation. Because what I did not know was that my participation was going to actually open up revelation for me. So I'll never forget. I say, well, you know what? I'm not going to have somebody to ask me what to do. Because I noticed that every Sunday all the saints would leave tissue and gum and wrappers from candy. They would leave all the trash in, in between the pews. So I would just leave, I would everybody leave church and, and I would just go and pick up trash. I would just pick up, I'd get a trash bag and I'd pick up all the trash out of the pews and stuff. And so finally, you know, after about a two, three months or so, they saw me and I did it every Sunday. And finally they said, well, well can you help clean the bathrooms? <laughs> I said, I just got promotion from the Lord. <laughs> so I started cleaning the bathrooms. Started cleaning the bathrooms. And then all of a sudden, our church had to move from that location to a bigger location. Then they needed to fix up the place, put up walls and paint and all that. So um, it, as soon as I got off work, I'd just go in there and just do a little something, whether it was sweeping or whatever. And, and long story short, we went from that to involving ourselves and calling people who visited the church. And we went from there where they asked my wife and I, will y'all oversee the evangelism department? Then we went from there. They said, hey, will you be a minister in our church? Then they went from there. And long story short, I basically got my training at somebody else's expense. And that's when I got revelation. Everybody say revelation. Now, I'll give you the revelation part of that story down at the end here. Everybody write this down. Vision is progressive. 
vision is progressive. In other words, vision doesn't stop and continues to go on. And God will always provide vision to help people, reach people, and save people. God will continue to give a pastor vision as long as that pastor keeps his ear to heaven and his heart towards people. I'm going to say that again. God will continue to give a pastor vision as long as that pastor keeps his heart towards heaven and his, or his ear towards heaven and his heart towards people. And our vision here at Word of Truth Family Church, and if you've gone through our new membership class, you ought to be able to say it. It's very plain and simple. It said, say it with me if you know it. Our vision is to what? Know Christ and what? And make him known. We're going to know him personally. Then we're going to grow in him internally. Then we're going to show him externally. And then we're going to go sharing Christ globally. That's the vision. And where there's a vision, there should be some results. Are you, are you, are you okay with that? Every vision I've ever had for some results. So when we give these little results, we said them last year, but I had to get them on CD so people can hear them uh, that are not here. So I want you to just clap after each one. Can you do that? That'll sound real good after the CD. In 2011, over 1,000 people, which actually the actual number is 1,029 people, made some type of commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ to the kingdom of God. At Word of Truth Family Church. During the services at Water Truth Family Church in 2011, 211 people confessed Jesus Christ for the very first time in their lives. Ninety-three people got baptized on last year. Come on, y'all. Watch this number. 425 people rededicated their lives to Jesus Christ. 793 people decided to visit Word of Truth Family Church for the very first time. Watch this now. And four out of ten of those who visited for the first time decided to make Word of Truth Family Church their church home. That means Word of Truth had 300 new members on last year. Here's a big one and then we're going to move forward because vision is project, uh, progressive. Watch this. We had... 4,780 people to attend service the whole month of November doing our Survivor Series. In other words, in one month, we ministered to almost 5,000 people. Amen. Do you know some churches never see 5,000 people in the life of their church? Amen. Vision is what? Progressive. One of the reasons why some churches become stagnated is due to the lack of vision. And our vision for 2012 is found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. I want you to find 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. Everybody say vision is progressive. In other words, we know our overall vision for the church. But now we have to break that down for where God has taken us. Vision is progressive in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10. See, the way to get vision for your life is to see what God's word speaks to you about. And I'll never forget, I was listening, uh, I think I was watching television, and I heard someone quote this verse, and it just rung like a bell in my ear and in my heart. This was about maybe three years ago when I was looking for just a temporary facility and grow from there and then move over to our land. And so it says here in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 10, he says, Moreover, 
I will appoint a place for my people, Word is True Family Church. And I will what, class? I will plant them that they may dwell in a place, what? Of their own. And read it with me. And move no more. Everybody say that again. Move no more. Say it one more time. Now, you may be thinking it's a physical move, but we move every Sunday in this room. And how many know that it's time for us to stop moving and move in a place of our own? Amen. And so that particular verse of scripture guided me, especially when sometimes you may be praying for something that you really don't need. I was praying. I was like, Lord, just let an empty supermarket or something open up. And I'll never forget one opened up that was a good location for just, it was just a location period where we could just land and just rest a little bit. And see, sometimes if you land somewhere and you're not supposed to be there, you'll end up there. See, because everybody didn't enter the promised land. Do you know that when Joshua took some of them over, there were some that decided to stay on one side of it. And then the rest of them stayed on the other side. There were some that never crossed over and got it because where they were was very comfortable for them. And I'll never forget, Pastor Che and I, and our builder went in this building, looked around at it, and checked things out. And I was ready to just offer the people something. And I walked out of there. And a couple of days later, the Lord told me, he says, I don't want you to go in there. He said, don't mess with that. I said, what do you mean? We're tired of moving. He says, go back to the verse I gave you. Would you have to move again if you moved into that place? I said, well, yeah, it doesn't have any acreage. Kids couldn't play outside and run. There wouldn't be no soccer fields. There wouldn't be a place for us to do stuff on the outside. Then we couldn't continue to grow because where we, where we, where we own is 14 acres. He said, well, if you would have to move again, that's not my will. How many know sometimes God's will may not be easy, but it's the best thing for you? Amen. So what I'm going to do now is to provide you with some 2012 vision goals and my my PowerPoint team, who actually put this in a format this morning for me, is going to help me out. So I'm going to give her a minute here to put some of our 2012 vision goals up. All right, here's goal number one. We're going to break ground on our 14-acre property for our 35-square-foot facility to come up. We're going to break ground on that. I don't care if I just have to go and we're to get a shovel with all of us and turn the dirt over. We're going to turn some dirt over this year. Here's goal number two. It's to have a 100% tithing church so that we can have a blessed congregation and reach more people for Jesus Christ. Here's goal number three. We're going to cut our donations and benevolence that we spent on last year in half so that we can save some money toward our project. Amen. Now, does that mean we're not going to help people? No. It just means that we now have a budget in this area. Now, I, I, uh, I think what that number comes to is about 235000 that we're going to be spending this year. That's it. Once that, my wife was like, well, what if the Lord speaks? I said, the Lord is not going to speak outside what he's put in the heart. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number four, we're going to implement a church-wide training to serve class so that everyone who comes and wants to serve in ministry understand the reason for serving and have the heart of why we serve people here at Word of Two Family Church. 
Number five, or whatever number. Uh, let's just take the numbers off. We're going to have another lead class, which stands for Leadership, Education, and Development. And we're going to have one this year so that we can continue to raise up new leaders. And hopefully, if we can, be able to maybe eventually put this class online and you can just take the class online. Praise the Lord. Keep going. We're going to introduce some specialty small groups that run doing the same time as true groups. See, when we first started our church, Every size fit all, but every size doesn't fit all anymore. And in order for us to have a healthy church, everybody say healthy church. We have to now become a little bit more well-rounded. And because of last week, I saw that our church was not as healthy financially as it should. Because if it's a healthy church, then the people's finances ought to be healthy. And for that to happen, we're going to have to put together some some specialty uh, true groups that will help people uh, strengthen their uh, different areas in life. And so we're going to have a small group that focuses specifically on financial stewardship. So if you want to strengthen your finances, you want to get better in them, you want to have to uh, help grow and get budgets and that sort of thing, that's going to be a small group that you can take doing true group. And when you're done with the true group, you can go back to small group, true group if you want to. We're also going to have a small group for just men's mentoring because I'm finding out that if the man is in the home and he's straight, then everybody else is going to be straight. Amen. So we're going to have a small group that runs the same time that small group runs. These are going to be limited classes. So if you want to do one, you'll have to sign up. And then I think we're going to cap it off around 35 to 40 people, depending on the location that we have it. Number three, we're going to have a marriage strengthening small group. So if you want to strengthen your marriage, you want to have a better marriage, which everybody in here ought to want to have a better marriage, huh? Then you just go through that group. You go through it during the same time as true group. You come out of it. You have a, a stronger marriage. And then you go back into your regular small group. Number four, we're going to have a freedom small group so that if you've come out of some bondages in your, in your life, if you've had some areas of struggle emotionally or whatever, these small groups are going to be there to support you. And then finally, we're going to have a discipleship small group where you can learn how to pray, where you can learn how to study God's word, where you can learn how to do that. And over the course of 2012, we're going to have these small groups slowly, slowly uh, implemented into our ministry. Amen. All right, let's see what else we got. We're going to raise and save $1 million for our Project 360. Everybody say raise Raise. and save. save. Absolutely, that's what we're going to do. On top of our Project 360 building pledge, which most of us are, are hopefully set up in, today I'm giving, my wife and I, we're giving our pledge. We give it the first week in the first month. Uh, we'll give it the first week of the month. Uh, of that uh, year. We're going to have a sacrificial giving day on Easter Sunday because if Jesus gave his life and he sacrificed his life, we ought to be able to sacrifice something. Especially, watch this, if we're able to reach that many people in the school, our new facility is going to have a thousand people that be able to hold a thousand. We'll be able to reach more people for Jesus Christ. So we're going to have to do something sacrificial. It's going to be different than our giving day. I'll explain it. But just I want you, as you begin to to, uh, plan your finances this year, ask God, God, what sacrificially I can give? And all of that, last year we did $241,000 on our one day of giving. All of that was saved. So whatever we take up on here is going to be saved because we're going to push it toward that million dollars. Amen. All right. We're going to become an 80-80 church. You say 80-80? 
80% of the people doing 80% of the volunteering. Come on, y'all give a hand right there. You say, well, Pastor, what does that mean? That means that we want, we don't want 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. We want 80% of the people doing 80% of the volunteering. Amen. All right, let's see what else we have. Is that it? All right. So y'all give a hand for our 2012 visions. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of uh, Philippians chapter 3 as we close. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. God gives vision. Then God gives people for the vision. But then here's the last point I want you to write down. God gives provision for his vision. Now, here's the problem that I've seen in many churches. Even though I've only been a part of about four churches in my whole life, including Word of Truth Family Church. I have noticed that many churches start wilting because the same people are doing the same thing in the church. And so remember now, I told you that kingdom participation produces personal revelation. Remember I said that to you earlier? Well, let's look at a story here. In Philippians chapter 3, I'm sorry, did I say 2? Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to look in verse 25. Philippians 3. There is no 25. Maybe I mean Philippians 2. Let me see who I'm saying. Yes, Philippians 2, verse uh, 25. And it says this, Yet I suppose it is necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, who's my brother, my companion in labor, a fellow soldier, and your messenger, and he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because you heard that he had been sick. For indeed, he was sick, Epaphroditus was sick, even close to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Verse 28. And I send him, therefore, the more carefully that when you see him again, you may rejoice that I may be the less sorrowful. Verse 29. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Verse 30. Here's the focus verse. Because for the work of Christ... He was close to death, not regarding his life. Stop right there. This man was working for the kingdom of God. He was working to the point he almost killed himself. But here is the reason why. He said he did that to supply your lack of service to me. He said, you know what? The only reason that man was working so hard because he was trying to do what you should have been doing. And there are going to be some people that need to step up in 2012 and do something at Word of Truth Family Church because because if you don't, you are straining someone else's life. Boy, I should have got a clap from all the consistent volunteers right there. See, when I read that scripture one day, it didn't mean that much to me because I was already serving in, in the church that I was in. But I'll never forget, we had like 5 o'clock prayer. I mean, it was early in the morning. And I I got up one morning and got ready for prayer. And while I was getting ready, the Lord said Epaphroditus to me. It's like, what in the world? I didn't even know what that was. Epaphroditus, what is that? I didn't pay no attention to it. I got ready. I just thought I was tired from waking up early. So I got up and went on to church. And on my way to the church, the Lord spoke Epaphroditus to me. I thought that was weird. This is two times, huh? Real weird thing. So didn't pay that much attention. Got to church. And while we were praying, we just praying in church. The Lord says, Epaphroditus. 
So finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to go home and look that up in the Bible and see if it's something. Because I know that ain't in the regular dictionary. Epaphroditus. I don't even know what that is. So I go home and I look up. I get a concordance. And I look this up. And I find this man Epaphroditus. And I read this verse. And in verse 25, God was saying he wanted me to end up being an Epaphroditus for that ministry. To be able to help that ministry and to support that ministry and help grow that ministry and even help join myself to be a fellow worker even to the pastor of that place. And I'll never forget, I told my pastor, I said, you know what, I'm going to be your Epaphroditus. He didn't even know what that was. But I'll never forget, probably like two years after that, maybe two and a half years after God showed me that, I get a call while I'm at work from my pastor. Hey, I need you to quit today. I said, what do you mean? I'm not quitting today. He said, you need to quit. I need you to come and work for the church. How many know that when God gives you something in your heart, he knows how to bring it to pass? And I'll never forget, and I'm going to close with this right here. See, back in the day, if you're old enough, they used to have, when they were recruiting for the for military services, they used to have this old, 90-year-old looking man with a red, white, and blue American outfit on. And he had his finger pointing out like this. What did he say? Our country, what? Needs you. Well, I'm going to close with Word of Truth Family Church needs you. I'm going to close with, <laughs> I'm going to close with Arlington Mansfield Grand Prairie needs you. I'm going to say True Kids needs you. Set up and break down needs you. Elevate seven and eight needs you. Our small groups need you. Amen. I hope you all got vision today because see, sometimes we want to come and feel good instead of seeing where we're going. And I can tell you this, like I know what last I'm gonna tell you, like I told y'all when I when we bought our house, I told my wife, I said, Listen, I know I'm saved. I know I was supposed to marry you. I know I was supposed to start Word of Truth Family Church. I know I was supposed to have my two kids. I know we were supposed to move into our other home. And I know for a fact this is what God wants for our church in 2012. And all I want to see, you know, sometimes, you know, when Joshua moved the children of Israel, and, and uh, they, when they tra- changed leaderships, and the, the people said to Joshua, we will follow you and we'll kill everybody who won't. I said, that was kind of hard right there, wasn't it? I want you to say, hey, I'm with the vision. vision. Come on, I want you to say, I'm with the vision. vision. And I will do do. what my hands can help me do in this place so that we can move forward in 2012. Give the Lord a hand clap if you would this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here and here is a good.